0: I get a little confused, you know, because we're one church, multiple locations, and our other two campuses start at 915. So, isn't that great to know that we are one church in four different locations? Isn't that fantastic to know? Come on, can we give Jesus a big hand clap for multiplying? How many of you know Bob doesn't need to be turned up anymore? If he gets any louder, I don't know what's gonna happen. He's gonna break my eardrums. I mean, he's already like at 125 decibels. I love Bob, don't you? Even though he's a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, it's all right. We love him anyway. We love him anyway. Well, hey, my name is Troy Maxwell, and uh, my wife and I are the senior pastors here. And just like I was saying, we are one church, multiple locations. So at all of our campuses, we have live communicators. So whenever you invite somebody to church, um, you'll know that they will be greeted by someone live um, same series, different messages all around the same theme We all get together as a team You may not know this, but we all get together as a team About two months prior to the, the messages being prepared And, and uh, we get together and talk about what we want to accomplish in every series And so this is a very special series I love um, talking about relationships I don't know about you, but some of the biggest blessings that have ever come in my life Walked in on two legs, come on And so I I love relationships. Um, I don't think that people are bad, but I do think sometimes we can position people in the wrong places, and they end up not very good for our life. We end up having collisions. We have these collisions in our life. And so I don't know about you, but I think it's always good that we evaluate our relationships. And so this entire month is about relational evaluation. Or another way to say it is relational intelligence. I know some of you are very smart, you have a high IQ, come on, how many of y'all have a high IQ, raise your hand if you have a high IQ, okay, some of (laughs) y'all, Sam raised his hand, all right, 160 up here, Uh, Mensa Club, Um, and then some of you have a very high EQ, you know what EQ is, right, EQ is emotional question, how many of y'all are real good with emotions, come on, raise your hand, how many of y'all cried already twice today, raise your hand if you (laughs) cried already twice, all right. <clears throat> um, I, I am, I, I, that is one of the areas I have to work on is my emotion. Listen, that's what my wife tells me Is I need to work on my emotional quotient, that I need to be a little more tentative to her emotions. And so I'm working on that. Can y'all pray for me a little bit? Just stretch your hands out to your pastor and just say, Lord bless him in Jesus' name. <laughs> All of those really make no difference if you don't have a good relationship quotient, if you have, don't have real good relational intelligence. What is relational intelligence? Here's a definition for you. RQ is the ability to define, discern, and align relationships. Define, discern, and align relationships. You and I need to make sure that we are on a regular basis defining our relationships, discerning those relationships. It's good to know that we have the Holy Spirit in our life, that he will help us know who to push away from, walk away from, and who to engage in. Now, I know it's hard uh, to think about who we should n- maybe not be in relationship with anymore, but let's be honest. Some of us right now, we probably need to ditch a couple people. Come on. Don't point at them right now. Let them know after service. <laughs> but, and we need to make sure we align those people because sometimes we put people in places that they shouldn't be. And it ends up hurting us and we have these rela- I've been there. I mean, I've had situations where people have been in my life and they were in a position and I needed to realign them into another position. I didn't really, uh, in that season of my life, I didn't recognize that I needed to do that. Now, the Bible talks about this a lot in the book of Proverbs, Uh, The book of Proverbs is a phenomenal book of the Bible, first of all, because God divided it up into 31 chapters, which means that he gives us the ability to read it every day. We can read one chapter every day. Today is February 2nd. You can read Proverbs chapter 2. One chapter in the book of Proverbs deals a lot with relationships, and that's Proverbs chapter 18. It deals with our relationship with people, our relationship with our spouse, and also our relationship with our words. And it starts with this verse in Proverbs 18, verse 1. It says, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. If you isolate yourself, if you decide not to have relationships. Now, we live in a world where that is very easy to do, wouldn't you agree? I mean, we, we, are, we carry our phone around. We barely pick our heads up from our phone. We're, we're really involved with our phone. I, phone, I think it's very interesting if you look at people who created apps and created this stuff, uh, you know, Apple and, and all the different samples. Most of the people who created it don't even let their family use it. <laughs> I think it's very interesting, which would tell me that there may be a problem with it. I don't know. But just saying, if the creators of it don't even let their kids use it, I'm just saying. So, a man who isolates himself or separates himself away from people, away from relationship, seeks his own desire, his own way. He rages against all wise judgment. Now, that's how Proverbs 18, 1 starts. But notice how it ends. Verse 24 says, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin... But, everybody say, but. but. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. In other words, what the writer is telling us, what God, I believe, is telling us, is that there is a relationship that we can all participate in that will help us deal with life. And we all need friends. Everybody say, friends. friends. Come on, say it again, say, friends. Now, I've been preaching probably for 25 years, and I don't think I've ever talked about how to be a friend and how, I can't remember, uh, and how to find a friend, how to really filter out the people who need to be your friends. Now, the Bible tells us right here that there is a friend that sticks closer to a brother. It doesn't tell them, point us out like John is that person, but it tells us that there is somebody out there That's just like family to you in relationship. But it also says that we need to be careful that we don't link ourselves with unreliable friends because we'll end up coming to ruin. The word ruin means to be scattered. It means to be broken into pieces. It means to be not put together, which is the opposite of peace. Uh, I've always heard the definition of peace is nothing broken, nothing scattered, nothing removed. So... What it means to be in ruin is to have a life that has no peace in it. I don't know about you, but I want peace in my life. I want peace when I walk in the house. Come on, somebody. I mean, there's one place that I want peace is when I come to my house, all right? I want peace in my office. I want peace in my church. I want peace in my life group. And so I've got to learn how to define, discern, and align relationships Proverbs 17 17 says a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of Adversity we're all going to face adversity at some point in our life We're going to face a time where we're going to need someone to pull us out We're gonna need assistance in our life look at this little story here in Luke chapter 5 Jesus is preaching and He, he comes up. There's this huge crowd that has gathered around him. So many people, probably anywhere between twenty and 30,000 people are pressing about him. And the thing I love about Jesus is that he never does anything by accident. There, it's not, you know, it, he didn't just accidentally do anything. God doesn't accidentally do anything. So it says, so it was as the multitude pressed about Jesus to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Genesaret. So he's up against the lake, the water's right there, and he's up against the lake, and he's like trying to preach, and, and people are pressing against him, and he says, and he saw two boats. How many boats? Two, two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone uh, away from them and were washing their nets. They had finished fishing for the night, they came in and were washing their nets. Look at verse 3. Then he got into one of the boats. He didn't get into both, he just got into one. Now, he picked the boat. He knew that it was this guy, Simon Peter's. He knew exactly whose boat it was. This was before Jesus had picked all his disciples. So he picked Simon Peter's boat and asked him to put out a little from the land. Hey, just can you go out there for just a little bit? Because I need to preach to these people, and they're pressing up against me and getting all up in my space, and, and I need to have a little bit of room, and I need some amplification so I can preach to them because I don't have a microphone to get turned up like Bob did. And asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Now, I want you to notice, Simon Peter had a front row seat to the message. So he's sitting in the boat, and he's watching Jesus preach this message. Never heard anything like this before. He's blown away by it. Obviously, something happened in that moment. When he was done, when he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. Now, I, can, I know Peter, fisherman, is thinking, okay, Jesus, it's probably like 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, there's not, we're not going to catch any fish. I'm a fisherman, you're a preacher, and you're good at what you do. I'm good at what I do. And so here's what he says to him. He says, but Simon answered and said to him, Hey, hey Master, we, we've been working all night long at this thing called fishing. Not preaching, but fishing. And we didn't catch anything because it just was a good night. And, and I know that, that you're telling me to, to let down my net, But you don't realize it's during the day the fish can see my net. Not to mention, I'm supposed to be closer to the shore so I can trap them a little bit better. It's too deep out there. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down my net. Let me give you just a word for today. Sometimes you just got to do it one more time. If Jesus asks you to do it, you just got to do it. One more time. Come on. Maybe you need to apply to college one more time. Maybe you need to make that phone call one more time. Maybe you need to send that text message one more time. Maybe you need to start that business one more time. Come on. Sometimes you just gotta do it because God said to do it one more time. You don't know why you should do it. You don't you you don't think it's gonna work. You've already tried it a hundred times. But God says, do it one more time. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down my net. Look what happens to him. He says, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And their, their, their net was breaking. Now, here's what I wanted to get to because Peter understood the power of relationship. Because he was at a point where God blessed him to the point where he was burdened. And so what did he do? When he was burdened. He signaled to their partners on the other, si- on the other boat to come and help them. Sometimes you're going to go through a situation where you feel burdened. Where you're going to need to call on somebody else to come and help you. We all need that. Now, for him, the burden turned into a blessing. Which is good because when you have the people aligned in your life correctly your burdens will become blessings that will benefit not only you, but also them. Are you with me? So when you define, discern, and align your relationships in the correct manner, then what seems like a burden to you will become a blessing to you, and the overflow will benefit those that are aligned with you, which is pretty incredible to think about. That those people that are in our life are going to get the overflow blessing from my life because I've aligned them correctly in my life. We're all going to face obstacles. We're all going to go through challenges. We're all going to have to process emotions in our life with someone. And we need somebody to do that. We need somebody to talk about our issues with. Come on, how many of y'all got issues? Raise your hand if you got issues. We all got to have, and if we don't, process our issues with those people that we're in right alignment with then what should be private will become public What'll end up happening is we'll be at the line at Chick-fil-A on a Monday afternoon, and they'll say through the thing, "How may I help you?" And you be like, "I need some help. I need. Can you help me, please? I need some help. I mean, I'm I'm having problems in my marriage, and and I'll take a six-piece, but I need I need also, and you can supersize it, but I also need some help with my kids." And, and a Diet Coke because I'm trying to lose weight, and, but I just, you know, I'm, I'm overweight. I mean, I, you just end up pouring out your life to people in the wrong places. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody, anybody ever felt like that? you get in a taxi, and you're like, just tell them all your problems. <laughs> they can't even speak English, but you just tell them everything. <laughs> so we got to make sure that we have somewhere. Why? Because there are no neutral relationships. There's no such thing as a neutral relationship. Relationships, every relationship affects us in some way. They either help us or hurt us. Let me say that again. They're either helping you or hurting you. They're either building you up or tearing you down. They either are advancing you or pulling you back. Every relationship. Does something in your life. So whose responsibility is it to evaluate what those relationships are doing in your life? Yours, mine. I've got to make sure. And I've got to constantly be aware of what those relationships are doing in my life. See, Jesus even describes what friendship is. Would you look at this in John chapter 15. Is this okay? Y'all doing all right so far? Okay, John 15 verse 13. It says, greater love, Has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his, what does it say? Friends. Okay, Jesus is talking about friendship. Now, who is he talking to in this verse? He's talking to his disciples. Listen, he's talking about friendship with a select few people. Not everybody. I'm going to go there. Just wait wait for me. I'm going to go there because we need to talk about, because we often want every, especially in the church, we want everybody to be sitting in the same seat with us. Even as believers. We thank everybody. But how many know, even if they're a Christian, sometimes their issues should not be a part of your life at that moment in your life. And so, so Jesus says, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Like, like we have this relationship no longer do I call you servants. In other words, I'm going to promote you to another level of relationship. You were disciples, you servants, but now I'm going to take you to a whole nother level. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. In other words, I'm going to give you access to me. A different level of access. But I have called you, say it again, friend. I've called you friends. I've given you access. I'm, 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 I'm giving my life to you. Here, here's basically what Jesus is saying. There's a big difference between giving your life to someone and sharing your life with someone. I can share my gifts with you. I can share my talents with you. I can share my resources with you. But when I, when I give to you my life, not only am I sharing all that, but I'm also going another level deeper But now, because now you have all of me, all of my heart. So I have to be real careful who I decide to lay my life down for. So I've got to discern who is it that I can lay my life down for? Who am I going to be able to give all of my life to? give everything not just my talent not just my resources but also my pain my heartache my hurt maybe some wisdom because i want to make sure that if i'm going to invest in you it's a good investment not everybody's a good investment are you with me Amen. i don't I, you know you don't just put your money anywhere you you research it you look for an ROI, return on investment. You want to make sure that you're getting a good return. You want to make sure that whatever you're investing in, there's some reciprocation to it, right? You want to make sure that there's advancement, that there's growth, that, that, that there's wisdom is given and wisdom is taken. It's all received. And not everybody, even if they're Christians, is in a position to be at that level. Now, it doesn't mean you don't love them. Okay, doesn't mean you don't love them. It just means that you're not necessarily going to give them all of the access that's necessary. See, friends get different access. Friends get different access to who you are. And let me just say something really strong to you. People who are reckless with access are reckless with their life. People who are reckless with access are reckless with their life. If you're you're reckless with your access, then I dare say you're probably reckless with your life. Because you don't owe anyone access. I got a lot of amens right there. You don't owe everybody access. Let me me, me prove it to you. Here's what the Bible says in Romans. Romans. It says, owe no one anything except to love one another. The only thing that we owe people is to love them. Wow. Hmm. I'm getting a lot of amens. <laughs> I'm getting you to think a little bit, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. Because you, a lot of us give access to people. We're praying prayers like this. Lord, why, why does she keep telling all my business? And God's saying, why do you keep telling her all your business? <laughs> She she can't be responsible for your business. She can barely handle her own business. And you're giving her yours as well? Just because somebody tells you everything about them doesn't mean you need to tell them everything about you. See, maybe the reason that they're telling everything everything about them to you is because you're a safe place. And they're going, well, why don't you tell me all about you? Well, because you tell everybody about everything. And so why am I going to give you access to my information when you're sharing all that information with everybody else? You don't owe anybody anything but to love them. Love them. Love is given freely. Access is earned. Access is earned. Friendship is earned. You need to earn access. You need to earn access. So I'm going to mess with you right here. Okay, I'm I'm just letting you know right now because I did this last night and the place went like Presbyterian quiet. All right, (laughs) here it is. People should be loved biblically, valued equally, but treated differently. Now I know what you're, I'm going to let's just let that sit for a second because your mama told you to treat everybody the same. But I'm not talking about loving them differently because as a believer you are commissioned and called to love everyone biblically and you are called to value everyone equally male or female black or white you value them equally however you do not treat them the same in regards to the access that you give them to your heart for example i've been married 27 years 28 this year. will be 28 in September. Isn't that great? 28 years. That's a long time to be married. I love my wife. I value her. I treat her, however, differently than I do Jenny. Jenny's my assistant. Okay. Jenny's been uh, on our team now for how many years? A long time. <laughs> like 12 years. She's been in, in our life. Help me with my kids. This is how awesome Jenny was. Let me just, let me just tout how awesome Jenny. Jenny says, when your kids get out of high school is when I'll have kids. Isn't that fantastic? I mean, that is just love to a whole nother level. And now she's pregnant. Come on. Her and Brig are gonna have a wonderful baby girl. And uh, Troyina is her name. Just kidding. I'm just joking. That's not true. That's not true. (laughs) Now, I love Jenny, okay, and I value Jenny, but I treat her differently than I do my wife. Are you following what I'm saying? I treat her differently. I don't give her the access that I do my wife. She has access, but not to the level of 28 years of marriage access. Now, this is hard for some of you because... This is where we get a little messed up in aligning our relationships because we think everybody should be treated the same. No, you don't have to treat everybody the same. You shouldn't treat everybody the same. Some of you protect your house more than you protect your heart. You got a nice, you got a nice security system over your house. You got the you know, front door is open. You got that going on. Boop, 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 boop. You know, you got cameras everywhere. You got one of those nest things. You can see who's ringing the doorbell and like, I ain't answering the door for him. <laughs> but yet you get into in a relationship with somebody, you barely even know who they are and you've already let them have everything of your heart. And you wonder why you keep going from the same kind of dysfunctional relationship, dysfunctional relationship over and over and over again because you got more guards over your house than you do over your heart. Are y'all okay with this? Look, I'm just trying to help you have better relationships. Just trying to help you understand. You can't determine this type of relationship by your feelings. You determine it by fruit. Fruit. Let me prove it to you. How many of y'all have an ex in your life? Somebody that you're not in relationship with anymore. Come on, raise your hand. Don't look like 80 80 of you. I've had. We all have exes, right? But listen, listen, here's how it works. Tell me if this isn't the truth. Tell me this isn't the truth. Before they were your ex, they were everything taking pictures with them, going everywhere, every waking hour. You were talking to them, texting them, even before. I mean, it was just like every waking hour. Nobody could tell you anything about them at all. Nobody could say anything to you because they are the one. We love each other. Y'all ain't together. Why? Because your feelings are not the way you determine that depth of relationship. You determine it by fruit. Fruit. You judge it by the fruit. And you judge it by the fruit seasonally. Meaning that you evaluate those relationships on a consistent basis. Looking at the fruit. What's the fruit look like? How's the fruit? Judge by the fruit. You don't judge the person. You judge the fruit. Because we all got problems. Okay? We all got problems. It's like it's like this. You don't, you don't judge a cashew because you're, 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 you might be allergic to cashews. But that doesn't mean cashews are bad. Somebody's eating a cashew. You shouldn't eat that. That's the worst thing in the world for you. That's because you're allergic to cashews. Okay? You know that if you eat a cashew, you're allergic to it. So if that person... You look at the fruit of their life and they have a lot of jealousy in your life. Look, they're just trying to work out their issues. But right now, I can't afford to have jealousy in my life. So I'm only gonna give this, I'm not gonna give this person access. It's not that I'm judging. Look, they got their own issues. I got my own issues. Look, they just have a problem, they can't stop talking all the time. Just gossip, gossip, gossip. That's their issue. Somebody needs to help them. Maybe I'm not the one to help them right now. And so I've got to draw the line and not allow them because I'm allergic to gossip right now. I'm allergic to to. to, Are you following what I'm saying? That that is defining, discerning, and aligning relationships. So who gets access? So let me give you some thoughts on helping you better define, discern, and align your relationships. You ready? You want to write these down? Just, Just let you know. You may want to write these down put these on your refrigerator, and when he calls, you can just take it down the list. Start asking these questions to him, all right? Or she, or them, you know, you get, maybe get in your, and maybe have a relational intervention with your friends. Just get them all together in a room and just go through the list and go, nope, you can get out. <laughs> Some of these you might even help, but you won't even invite them into the conversation. I know I'm being hard. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't want to help people. Okay, this is not what I'm. Don't don't misunderstand uh, me in saying that it's not our job to help people. Okay, what I'm talking about here is a whole different level of relationship. It it's it's the it's the signaling your friends to come help you in a situation. It's that it's that deep level of friendship, Relationship, which we all need. I have. I'll, I'll, there's not. And it's not, it's not 25 people like this. Yeah. It's, it's two or three, maybe four at the most, that have access to me, that, that can ask me hard questions, that I feel comfortable. I can call them on the telephone and say, I'm really struggling with this. Not everybody. Are you following me? Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going kind to of help people and, and, and pray for them and, and get connected with them. I'm just not going to open myself up to everybody. So who gets that access? Number one is friends have unshakable character. (coughs) Unshakable character. Do not be misled, 1 Corinthians 15. Do not be misled. Bad company, bad association, bad connection, bad alignment corrupts good character. The only way character can bad character can affect you is the proximity of that character. Okay, that's what this verse is telling us: is that character bad character, corrupt character has influence on us based on its proximity to us. So let me ask you: why would you put your hand, your life into the hands of someone who has bad character? Why would you give somebody your heart who has bad character? What is is character? What am I talking about in relation to character? Honesty, integrity, kindness, respect, responsibility, self-control, sacrifice. All of those are aspects of good character. Okay. Why why would you want to give your life to somebody who is selfish, greedy, dishonest? You say, well, well, they used to be, yeah, but right now maybe you need to kind of step back a little bit and not give them all of that access. Why? Why? Well, here's what the Bible says in Proverbs He who walks with wise men will be wise. But a companion of fools will be destroyed. It doesn't say he'll be unwise. It says he'll be destroyed. I don't want to hang around with fools. And a fool is somebody who doesn't treat character in a way that is responsible. Integrity. You follow what I'm saying? Okay, number two. Number two is friends show unconditional love. Proverbs 17, 17. Out of the message says, friends love through all kinds of weather. Biblical love is not affection. It's action. Biblical love is not affection. It's action. It's commitment for God so loved the world that he gave. A friend lays down his life. It takes love, biblical love, unconditional love is active love. It's moving things, it's carrying things, it's speaking things, it's removing things. It's it's helping in an active way. It's it's moving towards the good. It's it's commitment to to your best, pushing you, advancing you, okay? That's what unconditional love looks like. It's always active. It's not passive. It's not silent. Unconditional love is if somebody talks bad about me and I'm not there, unconditional love says stop because silence is just as good as affirmation. And so unconditional love says, no, we're not going to talk about them or him or her without them present. If you got a problem, look, I'll go with you, active. I'll go with you, and we will confront them about the action. That's the biblical model, okay? So friendships, friends show unconditional love. Number three, friends give unbridled honesty. Another way to say this is friends stab you in the front. I mean, I hate getting stabbed in the back. I love getting stabbed in the front. You just see it coming. Oh, my gosh, this is going to hurt. But that's what friends do. They, they hurt you to help you. They hurt you to help you. And they're willing to hurt you because they know it's going to help you. Let me say it again. They hurt you to help you. They hurt you to help you. I want you to get that in your head because... That Sometimes we push away in relationships because we want the answer we want as opposed to the answer we need. Wow. So we go from person to person to person looking, well, let me, look, hey, I want to move to Boston. Well, well, I don't think you should move to Boston. No, I don't like you. I, what, <laughs> I want to, I, I feel like the Lord, this, a lot of people use this, they, they throw the God card in there. Okay, they go, well, the Lord said I'm supposed to do this. Well, how am I going to argue with the Lord? Like, what am I going to say? God's wrong? So be real careful when you start throwing out the God card. Okay, well, God told me I'm going to marry her. Well, hold on a second. Because that's about the fourth time God's told you you're going to marry somebody. Now, How am I supposed to respond to you in regards to that? Like, what am I supposed to say to you? But I want, I want somebody who's going to be honest with me. Honesty. Honesty. They they care about me. An authentic friend would rather hurt my feelings than see me hurt my life. They would would much rather hurt my feelings. Hurt my feelings. It's okay. I'm, I'm a big boy. I can handle it. I might be upset, cry a little bit. Probably not, but just cry a little bit as I'm dealing with it and processing it. But see, if I know I'm giving you permission in this relationship, then it's okay. All right? Is this okay? Yes. Proverbs 27:6: Faithful, faithful, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Number four: Friends have unmovable loyalty. I'm almost done. Unmovable loyalty. Now, there's a, there's a difference between healthy loyalty and unhealthy dedication. Big difference between the two. And let me prove it to you. There's a little story I want to read to you in 2 Samuel chapter 11. David has committed adultery with Bathsheba, okay? Bathsheba has a husband named Uriah. All right, so Bathsheba gets pregnant and David's trying to protect himself. So the first thing he does is he brings Uriah home. But because Uriah is such a good soldier, he doesn't even go into his house. He wants his Uriah to go into Bathsheba so they can, you know, basically cover this pregnancy up because Bathsheba's pregnant with David's kid and Uriah sleeps outside. He's so faithful, so loyal to being a soldier. He doesn't want to even think about not doing what he does as a soldier. So Uriah has to go back to the front line. So David sends a note with Uriah to his friend Joab. And in the morning it happened that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And he wrote in the letter saying, set Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and retreat from him. What? That he may be struck down and die. David's basically saying, hey, Joab, you're my friend. You're loyal to me, right? You care about me, right? This is unhealthy, by the way. I want you to do something for me. I need need Uriah killed. So put him in the front and then... Pull away from him right when the battle gets real hot. So it was while Joab besieged the city that he assigned Uriah to the place where he knew there was valiant men. Then the men of the city came out and fought with Joab and some of the people of the servants of David fell. And Uriah the Hittite died also. Okay, this is unhealthy dedication. Loyalty is for the good. Loyalty promotes good morals. Loyalty promotes good character. So I'm, I am a... This is probably out of these five things the most important thing in my life. Why? Because I'm a loyal person. If I tell you I got your back, I got your back. I'm going to cover you. Now, if, if covering you means killing Uriah, I'm going to be honest with you and say that ain't going to happen. We need to go deal with the sin that you've committed, David, And you need to repent of it and work it out. Now, while you're working it out, guess who's going to be the first one standing beside you? Me. I'm going to be standing right beside you. Why? Because I'm loyal to you. I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to stand with you. I know it's going to hurt. But that's what friends do. Friends stand even when they're wrong, but they help them work it out, not try to cover it up. Are you following? Okay, that's manipulation. David was using his position to manipulate somebody in a relationship. Be real careful when that happens. That's not loyalty. That's unhealthy. And then here's the last one. Here's the last one is friends give unceasing encouragement. Unceasing encouragement. They are they are encouragers. They they lift people up. Ecclesiastes chapter four says, Two are better than one. Why? because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion, companion. The Bible says this. It says, we enter his courts with thanksgiving and his gates with praise. Talking about God, the presence of God. That's the same way that you gain access into people's lives, is by praise. My, my number, you know, the five love languages, you ever heard of the five love languages? Great book. My two top ones are words of affirmation and gifts of service. You, you cook me dinner and tell me I'm good, I'm there forever. Okay, that's all you gotta do. Make me some wings. Look at Super Bowl Sunday. How many of y'all could care less who's going to win? You just want to eat wings. (laughs) Acts of service. Words of affirmation. You know the right words spoken at the right time can remove a storm out of people's lives. You know? The, the The right encouraging words can change a person's life. The right words in the right moments. Proverbs 18, 18, 20. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You can change change a relationship. You can change a marriage. Listen, couples. Instead of talking about how bad they are all the time, how about you change what they say? You say, well, I ain't seen it yet. Maybe it's because you haven't spoken yet. Speaking good things into the relationship, words of encouragement. That's the kind of person I want in my life. Yeah, I want honesty, man. Tell me some. I want honesty, but I also want encouragement, even when I don't deserve it. Amen. Why don't you stand up on your feet? Is this okay? Did you learn anything today? Come on, give Jesus a big hand clap. I don't want to be a crash test dummy. Tired of relational collisions, let's try to avoid them the best we can. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your presence all day long today. Father, thank you for new relationships. Help us to define, discern, and align our relationships in our life, God. Help us to be more cognizant of the people that we give access to. Father, I pray for people right now who may feel lonely or alone. God, that that you would, number one, God, that you would show yourself strong in their life. But God, you would also bring people divine appointments this week, these next few days, Lord. This entire month, God, I, I pray that you would bring new relationships. God, in life group, in church, in serving, at work, maybe even in the line at Starbucks or at Walmart or wherever we may be, God, I pray that you would bring someone along. Who care about us, who has character, who, who loves us unconditionally, God. Father, maybe they've been a hidden gem, just kind of hidden under the ground for a little while. God, I pray that, that you would just re- resurge them into our lives. Maybe just with a text of encouragement. But Father, I, I pray that first and foremost, we would know that we are never alone because you are in our lives. Every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today, maybe even watching online, and you, know, you don't know Jesus as your friend, as your personal Lord and Savior. If you've never made him the Lord of your life, Jesus the Lord of your life, listen, you don't ever have to live another day alone. You don't ever have to live another day lonely. Let God come into your life afresh. He'll forgive you. He'll release you. He'll talk with you. He'll always be there for you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. If you're here today, maybe watching online, would you, if, if you say that's me, would just put your hand right on your heart if you could. I want to pray for you today. Matter of fact, why don't we do this all together as a church? Let's just pray this prayer of confession out loud together. Say, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I, believe I believe that Jesus died for me. Right. I, believe I believe that His blood right. washes me washes of all my sins washes. and all my mistakes washes. today. Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. I'll worship you and I'll serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.